Hey everyone, welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast yet again. Last couple weeks for me have been a little bit hectic, but I've been working on getting some content edited, getting it out to you so you guys have some more podcasts to listen to. And this one is especially important to me. Uh, I think it's important to a lot of people right now because the subject matter, uh, talking around the topic of the law enforcement community in America right now, the concept of what are we doing to change our law enforcement community, what are we doing to make our law enforcement community better, Um, there's a lot of anger right now, there's a lot of resent right now, there's a lot of misunderstanding right now, there's a lot of different things, and trying to think of progressive manners of how to positively impact and change and improve our communities, both through the law enforcement piece as well as what to give back to the community. We're going on over one month since George Floyd's death, and a lot of questions remain to be answered, a lot of a lot of anger and a lot of resentment still going around the community, still riots going on in certain cities. Um, and I thought this was a really good opportunity to, to talk with someone who works on the streets, to talk about what we as members of law enforcement military communities can be doing to Uh, contribute to the communities that we're policing or involved in. And I really appreciated uh, Bochum's perspective on things as a Jersey cop, as someone who's really works very, very hard to communicate with the community that he's involved in policing. And I really like his slogan, which I've seen on his page, which is, don't be a part of the community, but be a part of the community, which I think is a great slogan and I think a mentality that more and more law enforcement officers are, are needing to adopt. Guys, today I don't have a lot to, to say a lot in the introduction. I really am asking you guys if you've been enjoying the Wormonk podcast, if you've liked the content so far, please go to the Apple Podcast uh, page. Please give us a positive review. Uh, leave a couple sentences of what you think of the podcast so far. Uh, go on to Instagram or Facebook and leave me a, a personal message, a direct message letting me know what kind of content you want to see in the future. Uh, if you want to link up for a po- potential podcast with me in the future. Uh, and if you know someone else that you think would enjoy the Warrior Monk podcast, someone that you know you think is a Warrior Monk, uh, please send them send them the podcast for them to listen to as well. All right, no more delays, guys. We're going to go right into the conversation with Bookham. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast, and I'm really glad to say that I've got Bookham of the Bridges Project with me, all the way from Jersey, calling uh, calling me via Zoom. Bookham, man, thank you for joining me on the podcast, man. It's great to have you on. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, speaking with you today, man. Absolutely, man. So I like a lot of people right now. I caught your message uh, via Instagram. And I uh, heard you saying some some things that really struck a chord with me as far as the outreach between the law enforcement community and the rest of the rest of the people in America that are not that are not badge wearers. And uh, it, it, like I said, it really struck a chord. And I and I then I digging into a little bit of, of what you've got for content out there, finding out that you're a musician, finding out that, you're, you know, you're a rapper, finding out that you're a law enforcement officer who's really putting putting time and effort into building bridges which is uh which is your your side gig is the bridges project to uh to unite the law enforcement community back to the communities that they're policing um for anybody who any of my listeners who don't know who you are man can you can you throw us a little bit of background on yourself and what what led you to be a police officer and then what led you to start the bridges project all right thanks thanks a lot lance uh what's up everybody my name is bookham uh first name is danny i'm a 
I work for the Hudson County Sheriff's Office over in New Jersey. I've been a law enforcement for 14 years. I currently work in the patrol division. Uh, I've worked in the courts. I've also worked uh, narcotics task force, uh, but I'm heavily involved in community policing. That's, that's where my true passion is. That's where my heart is. I started the nonprofit uh, Bridges, which you see here, the Bridges program. I started it about five years ago. Uh, it was an idea that I had, uh, you know, trying to find a way to bridge the gap with the community, predominantly the kids. Uh, what I started doing at first was I started, you know, uh, finding ways to get sneakers for kids. And then eventually it grew, slowly grew. And then I realized that I would have to also implement uh, my love for hip hop. I've been, a, I've been a rapper since I was 13 years old. I've always used it as a way to uh, express myself. So I said, you know what? <clears throat> I also got to use that because that's another way to uh, bridge the gap with the kids. You know, hip hop is a huge part of our culture over here where I live. It's very diverse. Uh, and the younger generation gravitates to hip hop. So, you know, I felt the need to use that as, as another tool to gain their respect and gain their trust, you know? Absolutely. <clears throat> so you've been working as a law enforcement officer and then, and then taking on uh, Bridges as a side project. What's, what's, the what's the real mission? What's the vision that you see for this project moving forward? And I, I know you're, you're trying to get to a message out to the youth and, and really bridge that gap. That's the slogan for it. But where do you see it going? What, what would you like your end goal or the vision of this project to be? Oh, man, my end goal is, is, is both bridging the gap for the community and for law enforcement as well. When I say law enforcement, I want to be kind of like a catalyst. I want this program to be a catalyst to show law enforcement officers, such as yourself, military personnel, uh, start showing the people that we are human beings and we do have talents, we have goals, we have aspirations outside of the uniform and get out of the mentality of, I guess, that robotic mentality that, you know, this is all we are. We are, we are only law enforcement. We're only military personnel. No, we are human beings. We have dreams and aspirations. And I think it starts with us. And when we start showing the community that we truly are human beings, I feel that through the Bridges program, it's going to open up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be able to uh, make people like you and I realize like, hey, man, you know what? We can be ourselves outside of uniform and we can uh, hone in on our dreams and aspirations. So to answer your question, my goal, my ultimate goal is to ultimately show people that, yes, we are human beings. Yes, we can be on one accord through music. We can do music together. Uh, we can have conversations together. And it doesn't always have to be law enforcement uh, civilian. It could be human beings coming together on one accord. Absolutely, man. And I, I love that message. I think this uh, this narrative that's being pushed very hard, the us versus them narrative uh, is, so, is so harmful to us as being, you know, the, the community of people that are being policed, the, the, un, the unfortunate communities that are dealing with more violence, gang activity, uh, poverty, and then the community of law enforcement officers who the vast majority of us that are that our badge wearers are doing it for the reasons that are right. You know what I mean? We want, we, you know, we want to be making a difference in the world. We want to be improving the world that we live in. Right. Um, I mean, there's, there's always going to be bad eggs. You and I, when we, we talked a little bit last week, just to kind of get an introduction to each other. And we, you know, we talked about it, that accountability is so huge. You know, people are going to do the wrong thing. 
people are going to make mistakes and we have a justice system in place to hold those people accountable when they do make mistakes. Um, you know, there is a, there is a disproportionality of, you know, uh, violence against the black community from police officers. And, uh, I think, you know, we talked a lot about how, how to go about changing that, how to go about improving that. But I think one of the first steps is having this discourse, having those conversations that you talk about, having that back and forth between law enforcement officers and people in the community about how to bridge the gap and, and kind of de-escalate, right? We, talk, we talked about a little bit about verbal judo, right? De-escalate mm-hmm. uh, this, this narrative that's being pushed so hard for us versus them, man. And, and I, I connect with it so much. I think it's so important right now, which is why I'm trying to share your message, man. I, I think it's super important. And, Thank you, brother. And you know, that, that, that whole thing you said too, about like us being people too, uh, you know, one of the, one of the videos, there's all sorts of videos that are going out right now. Right. And I don't know where it was, but it was somewhere where there was riot police walking through the street during a protest somewhere. And this dude pulled out a trumpet and he was playing the theme from star Wars, the stormtrooper, the, the Imperial, <laughs> the Imperial March from star yeah. Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I kind of realized. Didn't see that. Was it an officer? Was it an officer doing that? No, no. It was just, it was one of the protesters. Was, oh, wow. He was doing okay. it. He was doing it at the, the riot police. You know what I mean? And that okay, is the, okay. that is the mentality that people have is that like law yeah, enforcement yeah. officers, we're, we don't think about what we're doing. We're just mm. part of the system that we're just, you know, we're literally stormtroopers uh, mm. enacting the will of the evil empire. And mm. dude, you, you and I both know that's not true. We're, we're brothers, we're, we're husbands, fathers, uh, we're sisters, we're mothers. And like, we don't wear that uniform 24 seven. Mm. And we've seen it too, right? Like, I'm sure you've seen videos too of, of, of people bridging that gap and talking to people that are getting them calmed down, handshakes, hugs, you know what I mean? Like we have to do the job, but at the same time, a lot of people have been, yeah, I want to be out here protesting too, but you know what I mean? You, you, your job, your, that line of duty has to, has to be there. Mm-hmm. So dude, let's, let's talk a little bit about how, cause like progress is going to be made. We got it. We got to push in your opinion. How, how are the, some of the things that we look for, for progress in the law enforcement community about, about not just bridging this gap and deescalating, but, but change for the community. How do you, how do you think, I know we talked a little bit about training and education, but how do you think we should be going about it? I think the best way to bridge the gap with the community is boots to the ground. Uh, allow your officers to engage the community and be themselves. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was a rookie cop and we spoke about this, about being full of, you know, we use a term called piss and vinegar. When you're on the job and you want to be super proactive, you want to save the world. I was that same guy, you know, I came on the job, but I also knew deep down in my heart, I also knew that the cliche purpose that we all say during the interview why do you want to be on this job? You know, we all get asked that question. Sure. Hey, why do you want to be on this job? Why do you want to work for this department? And a cliche statement is, I want to better my community. I want to be somebody that makes a good impact in my community. Uh, and I believe that we have to really, uh, we really have to yoke ourselves to that theory. And we have to be boots to the ground. We got to know people intimately. We got to be out there talking to the uh, you know, the shop owners, small business owners, the kids of the community getting out. Hey, listen, what's going on in your life? How's everything? Be, be an outlet 
for them. Not only somebody that's there when there's a, an incident of crisis or there's, they only see you as an oppressive uh, presence. They see you as somebody that, wow, I love that officer. And when they right. start loving you and when they start respecting you, see, a lot of officers believe that respect is, is uh, you know, you're given respect because you have command presence because yeah. you're a, Compliance. Tough guy or tough girl. Compliance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Listen, we all exactly, brother. We want to have command presence, right? I'm I'm big on training. I'm big on being tactical and knowing your job and being ready for whatever uh, may come your way. But I'm also uh, cognizant of the fact that I'm a human being. I have feelings. I have emotions, and I understand the people that I serve, and I know what they're dealing with. So you know, to answer your question, brother, it's very simple. Very simple. We need to come together as a group. When I say a group, law enforcement, we have to initiate, we have to extend an olive branch by being out there, being in their faces in a, in a positive way. Right. Uh, conversation, like I said before, joking, getting to know them. Uh, listen, at times, I mean, this is, some people might not agree with this, but I even give my, my phone number to certain shop owners or small business owners. Hey, listen, guys, you ever need anything? Call me if I'm working, if I can help you. You know, those small things build such a rapport with, your, with the general public that they grow such a love for you that, God forbid, something were to happen to you, it feels like they lost a family member. Or right. if something you would have get physically hurt, guess who's going to be there to help you when, when, a, when an actor decides to attack you? Backup might not get there for five minutes, but you know what? The public that you serve and the people that you treat uh, with compassion and love, they're going to say, wait a minute, that's Officer Lance, man. That guy, I love that guy. Yo, back up. Yo, you know, they're going to come to your aid before somebody else does. So it's very important. Man. Absolutely. And I love that you brought up that, that topic of compassion and love because it, it re I really think that's, that is so important right now because the, the message of, of outrage and, and hate and is, is, being, is being pushed, but really it is, it is about compassion. And I understand why the outrage is there. And I think it's, it's, it's come both ways. I mean, I think there's definitely like between profiling and, and certain, I don't know, I haven't worked as a civilian cop. Um, so I can't speak to it firsthand, but I don't, I've, I've heard from other people that there gets to be this mentality of, of looking at, you know, the community, certain people, certain profiles within the community as being the people that are targeted, the people that are the enemy. And yeah, that compassion and love and getting to know the community and like also understanding too, that like, just like you and me are people that have families when we take off the uniform, the community that you're policing have got issues they're dealing with too, especially right now amongst the COVID-19 thing, right? Everybody's struggling to make a pay, a paycheck. You know what I mean? Everybody's worried about their, their moms and dads, the, our elderly population worried about them getting sick. If they do get sick, how are they going to, how they going to pay for healthcare coverage? Their kids are out of school. They don't know what to do with their kids. They can't afford uh, daycare, things of that kind of nature. So that kind of compassion and understanding that you talk about, I think is so important for, for being in that community and relating to them to understand that there's a driving force behind the frustration. There's a driving force behind the, the angst that's going on across the nation, right? Not even across the nation, but across the world right now, partly, partly in due to, uh, to the COVID-19 situation. Mm, absolutely, brother. And, and just to piggyback off what you said, you know, I'll give you a quick story of, uh, you know, not too long ago, maybe about a week and a half ago, there was a fight call. I got, you know, sent to a mutual aid to back up 
you know, a municipality that's in my jurisdiction. Uh, when I get there, uh, I saw right away one of the one of the people that were involved. I knew him, uh, and I've actually had great interactions with him. And it was funny, man. And this is what I take pride in, and this is what I love more than anything. Uh, I show up to the scene, and this isn't this isn't bragging. This is just something that I feel good about. I show up to the scene, and that one guy sees me. He's acting up with one of the officers, right? Sure. He's like, he's being uh, kind of disrespectful, belligerent. He sees me. He's already in the handcuffs. He sees me, and he goes, oh, 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 oh. I want to talk to Bookham. They call me Bookham in the city. Yeah, so he sure, goes, man. I want to talk to Bookham. He's like, I want to talk to Bookham. I, like, I don't deal with y'all. I want to talk to Bookham. And the cops that were on scene were all good cops. I know them. I vouch for them. But he just feeling that, like, he felt so uh, comfortable with me. And it just de-escalated a situation. When I got there, I was able to talk to him and say, hey, listen, man, calm down. He's like, nah, you know, I just lost my grandmother. You see mm-hmm. where it comes into play now? Now we're yep. talking as two human beings. It's not Officer Bookham versus you. It's two people talking. So yep. that human element takes place. The compassion takes place. Now we're having a conversation. Everything was good. You see what I'm saying? So to all Absolutely. my officers out there, brothers and sisters in blue, please, I know it's hard. It's not easy. There's times that it's not easy. You know, sometimes our job calls us to go hands-on. We got to go hands-on to protect, uh, you know, the public, to protect ourselves, and to protect people from hurting themselves. We have to go hands-on. But let's not forget the, the human aspect, and let's not forget that we are human beings. Absolutely, man. I mean, just to kind of go into that same subject matter. I mean, the, the slogan that's getting thrown around a, a lot right now is to defund police departments, right? De, de, defund the, the law enforcement agencies. And, um, you know, when we say that word defund, right? Like so many, what does that really mean? Some, I mean, some people like um, in Minneapolis, they're talking about completely getting rid of the police department and going to some sort of new new model of, of community uh, community monitoring. I don't know what that's gonna look like. I don't, in my opinion, I don't think that's the solution. <laughs> Uh, I think no, it would be. A, I would think it would an, be an experiment that would have could have the potential to have terrible, terrible results. But you know that's not my city. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna vote for the people that they think should make the right decisions there. But when you say that word defund, I mean obviously monetary value always gets thrown in that right. And police officers, we don't like the idea of that because that's coming out of that's coming out of my paycheck. That's coming out of my training. Mm-hmm. That's coming out of my my mm-hmm. gear, right? My 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 mm-hmm. uh, gear that mm-hmm. I my life re- relies on, whether that's my flashlight and holster and gun mm-hmm. or plate carrier, you know, second chance vest. Um, mm-hmm. But what about when we say defunding? What are we talking about? Like the other stuff that we put value in. We're talking, and when you talk about having that relationship with people in the community, what you're doing is investing, right? You're investing in that community, which is a completely different form of funding that we can't put a monetary mm. price tag on man and i think that's so important to talk about that because i think if you invest in the community as a law enforcement officer the community is going to invest back in you right mm, yep absolutely brother uh very well stated that is very key and investing isn't always monetary investing right. is investing of yourself of you know listen being there uh you know, volunteering, coaching, baseball, whatever you want to do. Being a part of the community uh, doesn't mean always mean monetary, but when we're talking about on a governmental level and you want to defund the police, and what you're saying is uh, implement 
those monies into programs that will benefit our youth, that will benefit uh, the, the community, uh, bring right. back police athletic leagues, boys and girls clubs. Let's, 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 let's really put a lot of time and money into mentoring programs. Let's, you know, let's, let's go back to those days when I remember police athletic league. I used to look forward to it, man. I used to, huh, I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to practice. It doesn't give them time to be on a street corner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a, a great aspect, a great perspective I have on it, you know, and that, and that should be the discussion that's happening. It's uh, yes. you know, it should be from the leadership within uh, the respective police department or sheriff's office with the local government and then representatives from whatever community that's, that's being policed and looking at these, what, what things can we invest in that's going to mm-hmm. reduce our crime? What, what programs that we can we invest in that's going to reduce, uh, th- you know, petty theft and larceny? Uh, what can we invest mm-hmm. in that's going to uh, improve our education to ha- you know, so that, that people aren't, you know, basically jobless, aren't getting involved in, in gangs and organized crime and, and all the other things that we know are negative for the community. So I think that's, I think that's, that's one idea, of the man. biggest problems. Yeah, man. I think you just, you just hit, uh, you just touched on a topic that's very important education. I think, that's one of the areas that we're lacking in. A lot of kids are scared to go to school because they yeah. don't have the money. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go into college. I never went to college. By the grace of God, I was blessed uh, to have a decent career after getting my uh, GED, mm-hmm. uh, gener- general education diploma, for those of you that don't know. Um, and uh, these kids, unfortunate, man, these kids in the inner cities, they don't have parents that could pay for college. They don't have you know, they don't have money to go to the community college. They don't have to take the bus. I mean, you know, to take public transportation. So what do they do? They turn to, you know, so the big homie on the street corner that says, hey, listen, I got this for you. I got some drugs you could sell, you know, to get you some money. And it kind right. of puts them, they, they become that, that proverbial hamster on a the wheel. They get stuck. Yep. They think they're going somewhere, but they're really not. So, you know, education is important, man. You know, we got to really find a way to help with, with these less fortunate and anybody that needs education. We shouldn't have to come out of college and be, you know, $100,000 in debt. You're starting backwards, you know? I agree, man. And I, I got to tell you, too, from my own perspective, you know, I, I got my college degree. And then much to the dismay and not understanding of my parents, I went into the military enlisted, not as an officer. Mm. So I'm one of those people that that went and get, did the college thing. I was fortunate that, uh, you know, I, I didn't come out with a whole lot of debt, um, because of really smart planning on my parents' part, as well as, of, um, mm. uh, I had a scholarship, academic scholarship because, you know, I, my, but my parents nice. wanted me to invest, right. We talked about this investing besides monetary, uh, things in school. But then the, the thing I think about now after being in the military as an enlisted person is like education doesn't necessarily mean college. It can be, learning a trade it could be learning some sort of skill that will get you a job or contribute to the community that you can get paid to do i mean right now electricians carpenters like they're in high demand man line line workers Mm -hmm. like you can get paid really really well to do a job that you don't need a college degree but you do need some sort of education whether that's a trade school whether that's the local community college so I, th- I agree with you so much, man. I think education is so, so important. And I do think that part of the funding thing of, of what we're doing, I think needs to get poured back into helping people kind of, I guess, maybe do some aptitude testing with people like what, what are you good at and what do you like? And then how can we get you on the right path to use those personal skills to get you a career 
instead of just throwing you to the wolves, you know? You know, you know, and, and absolutely correct. And people like yourself, uh, we had a conversation off screen uh, about a week ago, maybe less than that. But you told me that, you know, you used to be a you know, punk rocker and you were kind of had some like anti-law enforcement, yeah. uh, you know, uh, sentiment at one time. And, you know, I believe that that made you the person that you are today because you know that side. You understand that side. And you, and a lot of times you are what I call a diamond. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. I, to, I tell kids all the time, I say, where do diamonds come from? You know, diamonds come from the dirt. Diamonds come from the mud, right? You got to mine, you got to find those diamonds in some of the worst areas, right? And I tell kids that are in the inner city, said, listen, you're a diamond, right? You even call the hood, I come from the mud, I come from the bottom. Well, that's where miners, that's where people find diamonds. And once you find the diamond, the diamond isn't really bright when you find it, right? You got to refine it. You got right. to put it through a certain process. And, I, and that's the same thing when these kids or anybody goes through trials and tribulations or comes from a background, a turbulent background, I believe they become the most successful individuals because they understand the obstacles. They know. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And there's no... Uh, there's no obstacle that you can face that you can't overcome. And that's why I tell these inner city kids, man, I believe in you because once you make it, once you make it out of those trenches, you're going to be able to stick your hand back into those trenches and lift somebody else up because you've been in those trenches. You understand how hard it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And, it, and, and hopefully the, the mentality is to have that, that mentorship and that leadership to go back and, and contribute. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I see it from traveling overseas and, and deployed locations. A lot of problem, times that they have, you know, we talk about power vacuums when we talk about the military and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If there's a dictator in charge of a country and we go in there, you know, like what happened with Saddam Hussein, we knock that dude out and then there isn't some sort of structure or someone to pick up the torch and, and run with it in a positive direction. Mm. ISIS happens, you know, uh, you chaos. Know, exactly. Yep. Chaos happens. So what, like, I just yeah. feel like it's super important for people too, if they get out to go back. And I, I see it a lot with NFL athletes and uh, NBA athletes, you know what I mean? They did, they did get out and they found their success and they go back and they do some of these uh, programs in, mm -hmm. the, in the inner city and try to try to teach that same mentality that, that you love. And I love that analogy of, of the diamond, man, because it's, it's fits so perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's down there in the mud. It's down mm -hmm. there in the dirt. You got to go, you got to search hard to find it. Then you got to clean it off. You got to cut it. You got to, you got to put mm -hmm. it, you got to put it in a nice setting. Fire. And then, and yeah. that everyone in the world can see how awesome mm. it is, how special it is, and how unique it is. And I, I think that's yes. such an awesome, awesome analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciated your your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. So, man, I got to ask you too. We we talked a little bit about this leadership aspect and kind of how we we've both been kind of disappointed in this lack of kind of unifying voice amongst not just the COVID nineteen situation, but in the wake of George Floyd's death and this this new. Um, you know, this new upset between the law enforcement community and, and, and the poor urban communities. Where do, you, where do you think we're going wrong? Like, where, where, where should that leadership be coming from? Whose voice needs to, because I, I think a, a voice does need to be heard, right? And like, it's, it can't come from a law enforcement guy because, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? We, we're not there in, you are there. I mean, you're, you're being part of a community, but you're not, you still represent 
what some people are being taught to, to hate and what some to people hate. have learned yes, to learn yes. to hate. And it, it can't come from me. Cause like, I'm, you know, I, I told you, I, I grew up in a very diverse ethnic neighborhood in, in mm-hmm. South Florida, mm-hmm. but I, at the end of the day, I'm just a white dude. So where, where does this leadership come from in your opinion, man? Where, who's, whose voice needs to ring out and kind of be the voice of reason? Ah, man, that's a great question. But I'm going to tell you like this, man, it's going to take, it's not going to take one person, man. It could never be one person. Um, it has to be a conglomerate of people that believe, and it has to be, it has to be a group of people from different walks of life. Uh, yes. Different may may have different views on certain aspects, but when it comes to the major uh, discrepancies that we're facing, they have to agree on them that we have these discrepancies. But I just think it's not going to be one person. It has to be a white guy, has, like yourself. Spanish guy like me, you know, African-American, a group of people that come together, understand all different aspects of the issues that we're facing and just be a strong collective voice for the people. You know, I don't think politics is going to do it because politicians (laughs) always, yeah, yeah. I I really think, you know, politicians and I'm right down the middle. I'm, I'm neither left nor right. I have my views as a human being and I'm just a human being. And I just feel that it's not going to come from a politician because let's be honest, in all honesty, uh, people have lost their trust in the government. They have lost their trust in politicians. So it's going to have to be regular, regular Joes like you and I who believe in something, who, who can grasp the attention of the masses and say, listen, we can do this. We can come together. See Martin Luther King, uh, was the was the the vocal part of right. the civil rights movement, but Martin Luther King had a con- had a large contingency of people behind him, behind the scenes that did a lot of work. So I think he was the voice, but there were a lot of people. It's like the military, brother. You're in the military. There's different branches. Not just one branch can't get the job done. It has to be yeah. the the military collectively have to come together and get the mission complete. So it's the same, you know, basically the same concept we have to have. I think you're, I think you're right. And I, I agree with you. I think it's that, uni, that unifying voice uh, mm-hmm. coming, mm-hmm. To, coming together. That's, that's going to, that's going to help figure out the, the solutions and, and work towards progress with this, with the current situation. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your perspective on it. So look, man, you, you are definitely a warrior monk. You're out there on the beat. You know what I mean? You're a badge wearer. Um, but you're also a musician. You find that balance in your life. You know what I mean? Which is, mm-hmm. is, I, is huge for me too. Uh, you know, I play, I play guitar. I don't, I don't, I haven't put anything out there for the world to hear yet, but uh, I, I love music too. It's how I kind of de-stress at the end of the day and stuff like that. So I, I relate to that so much, but when you hear the, hear the term warrior monk, what does that mean to you? Who do you think of when you hear that? Oh man. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Warrior monk, obviously, is somebody that's that's solid. Obviously, somebody that's ready to battle when the time comes. That's prepared for battle, but somebody that's also compassionate and understands people and 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 has that compassionate side. I think that's the most dangerous type of person in the world. The reason why I say to use the word dangerous is because you're not just one dimensional. You're you know you understand all aspects of humanity and Mm -hmm. you understand the combative side of it but you also understand the 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 more emotional the more compassionate side of it uh if i were to say one person um i i really wouldn't be able to 
you know, you, obviously, you're a warrior monk, man, because well, you're you, man. out there, man. You're serving. You're serving in the military. You're active in law enforcement within the military. But you're vocal on how it is to be a human. And you're expressing and being transparent in regards to how you feel about certain issues, which is very powerful. It takes a strong person to stand up and say, hey, listen, this isn't right. This is what I stand for. It's easy to fall into the uh, fall into the groove of of a certain wave of people, right? It's right. easy to step into masses and say, "Hey, oh yeah, no problem, I'm with you all the way." But it's hard to stand up and say, "Hey, listen, I stand for myself," and I I mean not for myself. I am of the people, for the people, and this is who I am. And and that's that's truly what you're doing. So kudos to you, man. I appreciate it, brother. And it's, it's right back at you too, man. It's why I reached out, reached out to you because I, I definitely saw it in you. And I think right now it's so important to have that, this, this message of unification, of solidarity, solidarity and of compassion uh, pronounced, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I, I want to hear it echo. I want to hear it. You know what I mean? I want to see warrior monks pop, pop up everywhere and not, not for my brand or my my podcast but with a philosophy that i think of as a warrior monk i want to see it pop up more and more and see people you know putting up their shield you know what i mean and ready to you know to fight for what they believe in but also still have that that same piece to be able to step back and let's have discourse and let's have conversations and let's care about each other so i think Mm -hmm. you're spot on with it man so look if any of my listeners or anybody who gets a chance to listen to this podcast wants to check out uh, check you out, uh, check out uh, any of your music. If they want to check out Bridges, they want to get involved in the project, they want to, to get involved. How, how do they find you, man? Please throw out, throw out your handles for me. Okay, yeah, no problem. Thank you, man. Uh, so everybody listening, uh, once again, my name is Bookham. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. So <laughs> B-O-O-K-E-M as in Mary, underscore 382 on Instagram. You can also follow me same handle, Instagram. I have a music page, Bridges Bookham, all one word, as, as you see here in the Zoom. I also have a YouTube channel, Bridges Bookham. You can email me, the project Bridges at Gmail. If you have any questions, you want to talk, you know, in regards to music, law enforcement, anything, you can reach out to me on Gmail as well. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your time, man. I'm really grateful for your time. I'm sorry for here, but uh, I thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I love your slogan, man. I love, I love, I saw the, the top of your Instagram page, that, that slogan of being a part of the community and not being a part uh, from the community. And I, I, I think yes. that's an amazing message and I appreciated your time, brother. Thank is you, is there brother. anything else you want to share with my audience? Uh, man, I want to thank you. I'm very grateful, and I listen, I applaud what you're doing, your bravery uh, on all different fields and what you're doing, law enforcement, military, and doing this podcast and being transparent. I wish you nothing but the best, man, and moving forward, uh, just know you got a brother in me. I thank you for the platform, brother, and we got to continue to network, and everybody out there, listen, you know, it's not about one individual. It's not about a group of individuals. It's about collectively coming together and uh, unselfishly coming together and helping each other and showing the community that we can come together, us, and then once, once they see us coming together, then we could use it as a way to bring the community together. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man.
Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate your time too. And we'll be, we'll be staying in touch for sure. I'm, I'm I'll be Absolutely. very curious to see where the Bridges project goes in the future. Absolutely. Hey, listen, look out for my boy, Lance. He's going to be in my next music video. <laughs> I am not your enemy. <laughs> That's right. So, man. So watch out for my boy, Lance. <laughs> God bless you, man. Thank you. Yeah, brother. Thank you. All right. Well, there's Bookham from the Bridges Project. Thank you so much, Bookham, for joining me on the Worry Monk podcast. I appreciated you taking time out of your busy schedule, time away from family and work, et cetera, et cetera, to come and join me on the Worry Monk podcast. And just as Bookham said, their uh, leading out of the podcast, his newest single, Not Your Enemy, is now on YouTube under Bridges Project. Go check it out. Go check him out on Facebook and on Instagram and help spread the positive vibes that Law enforcement is not your enemy. We are here to help support the communities. We're here to be a part of the community. We're here as one country, as one nation, as one people, as Americans. And it's all about that message of unity. And that's what I am all about. Guys, thank you for listening to Worry Monk Podcast. Thanks for joining me as always. Please go follow the Worry Monk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Reach out with a direct message. And please join me on the next episode. I've got about two more in the tank right now uh, coming up. So please stand by for more content to come. And let's continue to, to find personal growth through balance. That's what the Worry Month podcast is all about. This is Lance signing out.